Hello and welcome to this week's episode of From the Gravel Trap podcast. I'm Josh Chambers. And I'm James Stanley. And on today's episode, we're going to have a little review of the Hereth Grand Prix, have a look at how our predictions got on, and have a look at this week's Rising Star, which is supported by Beyond Motorsport. And this week it is Ayogura. Yeah, I think you might have undersold this a little bit, saying a little review. What a massive, <laughs> massive weekend it was um, at the Hereth Grand Prix this weekend. I, I just, it, I said beforehand uh, on our preview last week that it's always a race that is often controver- controversial and produces massive moments. And boy, did we see that all weekend. <laughs> Yeah, and it really did start off in that Moto3, very from the first lap, with, um, unfortunately, McPhee taking a bit of a tumble. Yeah, uh, lap one, he crashed in exactly the same place and same way that his teammate Darren Binder had crashed there in warm-up. Um, but, you know, four, four races, no scores for John McPhee. I mean, do you call it championship aspirations over? Uh it's going to certainly a uphill battle. Certainly, the way their cost is going, <laughs> it's going to take a lot for him to even get back into the fight. Yeah, and, and it was such a phenomenal race. Um, there was, well, the whole weekend was like uh, so many incidents, and we'll probably talk a little bit about the track and and things that have been said about the track a little bit later on, uh, especially with the GP bikes, um, but. Moto three was almost a race of attrition at points. <laughs> yeah. There was there were certainly dropping like flies. Yeah, it was uh, so McPhee had a crash on lap one, and Rodrigo again showing form. We said last week about that Gabby Rodrigo, if he could stop getting involved in incidents with other riders and finish races, he would be up there winning races potentially we didn't luckily get involved with uh, anybody else but what a massive massive high side on lap five from the lead yeah it was humongous it's it's such a but well, turn seven's not a place you see many crashes but this year it seemed like the the place to crash and especially on the moto three bike to have a high side that big it's really weird because you don't, you don't really think they have the power for it? <laughs> no. and Oh, man, he, he landed right on the back of his head when you saw that slow-mo. I mean, I'm glad he was okay. Yeah, it certainly shook up, as I think every single person in the world would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and someone else that was a, a uh, unfortunate victim of crashing this weekend, Tatsuki Suzuki, who set pole, uh, crashed out on lap 50, uh, lap, 13 as well. Yeah, he was the winner from the Hereth Grand Prix from last year. And he, again, pole, his track is really quick at. And just it's such an easy place to crash that turn to. Unfortunately, he did. Yeah, and such a, a shame after a, a close weekend. Um, and being on the pace again, obviously showing after after his win last time out that you know Callahan sticks it on pole and uh, but unfortunately not finishing the race this time. Um, but I suppose we look to the race results, and you touched on it earlier. Pedro Acosta, the first ever rookie in the classes to finish all four debut races on the podium. Yeah, it's remarkable. <laughs> Nothing lower than second so far. It's It's been truly a remarkable start to what looks like to be a very promising Grand Prix career. Absolutely. And, uh, well, I think luck um, played a little bit of a part in, in the win. That uh, finish to the race, coming into the last corner, always that last corner produces these moments. But um, Dennis Onchu pushing a... He pushed hard all race, been on the pace, was was Dennis. He he looked really strong all race, but I felt in the last few laps, he looked a little bit ragged. Yeah, he was, he was very aggressive. And like you said, he looked quick all weekend. It's, all, it's always coming down to the final corner. There's always someone that throws it up the road, just the nature of it and everything. But unfortunately, he was the one and took out a couple of people. But I, I, I think Acosta may have actually had it wrapped up. Oh, I don't, I, without it, I don't know about the drag to the line, but the way he positioned his bike 
so perfectly into that final corner. Oh, he they've definitely been on the podium, I think. But I yeah. mean, it's a long you know, drag. Yeah, yeah, and Dennis, you know, took out both our championship <laughs> picks <laughs> for the year, Masia and Binder both going down, and it was just one of those moves. But Acosta nearly dropped it as well, um, going into that corner. So I, I was like, everybody is just hanging on. I mean, that race, I messaged you saying Moto3 has actually given me anxiety today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it tries its best to, you know, induce heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, the two people that probably benefited most from that accident, second and third in the race, people that hadn't really been on our radar. I mean, second place, Romano Fanati on the Husqvarna. Last week, we talked about him being the Marcel Schrotter, perhaps, <laughs> of Moto3, and he finishes second. Yeah, he, he does have this pop-up appearance every like five or six weeks. He'll just show up, either be on the top step or certainly on the podium, and then he'll drift off to midfield and then pop back up again. He's... Yeah, exactly. He was quick all weekend, actually. Fifth on yeah. the grid as well. Yeah, he's a good rider, Romano. It's just a shame, I mean, just hasn't been able to fulfil what did look like a very promising future. Yeah, yeah. Third place um, inherited by Jeremy Alcoba. So getting back to some form after a um, controversial start to the year for Jeremy, but a, a good podium from second on the grid as well. Yeah, he's been a bit like John, a bit unlucky because he got he was taken out with John in the first race and then he took John out in the second and then third they both started from pit lane. <laughs> So yeah, he had a but... very similar start to him, except today, well, not today, on the weekend, he was able to stay on the bike and deliver. Because he showed yeah. good pace, to be fair to him, all, all season so far. Yeah, he has. So unlike John in that pit lane start, able to score points, um, mm. being dragged around with uh, Dennis Onchu, of all people, the, yeah. the weekend before. Uh, fourth place, Andrea Mino, followed by uh, Yumo Sasaki. They were so lucky. <laughs> to not take each other out uh, in the middle of the race when uh, Mino went for that inside move into the last <laughs> corner. Yeah, it was, oh, it was close. Mino lost the rear, nearly went flying, and obviously kind of collected Sasaki at the same time. But it's nice to see Sasaki finish another race. It, it's certainly something, something he struggled with last season, and he's always showed the pace. So it's nice to see him up there and finishing. Yeah, I mean, at some point we might have to drop this narrative that he doesn't finish races. And yeah. um, since since race one, he's he's been up there and scoring good points. Um, good to see. He was uh, followed by Carlos Tatai. A good finish for him. Didn't get involved in anything this week, uh, which is <laughs> always good for him. Seventh, uh, Jason De Pasquire, someone who is really sort of making a bit of a name for themselves this year. I think he's been in the top 10 most weeks i know we've never really touched on him but uh i think jason's putting in a fairly solid season so far yeah definitely he's certainly just been just quiet steady just learning the craft essentially he could depend he could really get himself a good ride for the next season and who knows what could go and a little note back to alcoba is probably a reason we didn't see him at the top end is because he had the double long lap penalty to do. Of course, yeah, yeah. And sort of coming back through the field, um, he had permission to do that one early as well, didn't he? Yeah, I was surprised with how early they actually let him take it. Yeah, yeah. Eighth place, the man who has now taken over second in the championship, Nicolo Antonelli. Yeah, it just it just shows just what finishing races can do. <laughs> well, it does certainly, but I mean, we when you look at the points difference, Pedro Acosta now sits very much atop with ninety five points. Nicolo Antonelli uh, inherits second in that championship. He's on forty four, <laughs> and then behind him, Mino on forty two, Fanati on 40, and then Jaume Messia drops three places in the championship, now fifth on 39. So if you took out Acosta, it'd be a, a really close <laughs> championship. Yeah, I don't, I don't think many people definitely predicted this before the season started. No, and we go back to, you know, the, the guy 
he's 16. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's incredible when you think about it. Like, it's what was we doing? It's like that's the worst thing about growing up. I think. <laughs> yeah, you know, seeing all these sports people, you're like, oh, he's good, and then you see their age, you're like, oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> it's <What>? just couldn't <laughs> be. <laughs> I think you might have been a bit tall for a Moto3 bike anyway, Stanley. I'd be too tall for any, anything, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rounding out the top 10, uh, we had uh, Xavier Artigas uh, in ninth and uh, Ryusu Yamanaka again rounding up the top 10. Yeah, it's been a good season so far for Yamanaka. He's been in and around. You've certainly seen his name up the top a lot more often than you did last year. Yeah, a bit like uh, Jason De, pa- De Pasquire as well, sort of um, in and around the top 10, getting his name up there. Yeah, it's certainly going to do well for their futures. Yeah, another notable uh, non-finisher this time out was uh, Dennis Foggia as well, not making it to the line once again. Not the best start to the year for him after so much um, promise, really, in the pre-season. Yeah, he had a, I think he had a really poor weekend overall, to be fair, because I think he when he crashed out, he was in the 20s. Uh, yeah, and he, he he qualified way down as well, 23rd yeah. on the grid this weekend. So, not not the best start for him, but my gosh, an absolutely action-packed um, race for not so much like the Moto2 of, of last <laughs> time out that we said was incredible, but if you like motorbike action, this is a one to go back and watch if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, what were you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another good race. Um, Obviously, following on from that, we move on to the the Moto2. Um, Shocking, perhaps, in a different way. Not sort of the close-fought battle um, that I was sort of expecting, and certainly not perhaps some of the people I expected to be up there. No, it was an absolutely awesome performance from Fabio Di Antonio. Yeah, it, so dominant. Absolutely dominant Digi. It was incredible. <laughs> he, yeah, I, I don't, well, we certainly didn't predict that pace from him coming into the weekend, but he absolutely stormed the race. Yeah, I mean, he had a strong showing in the uh, the first weekend um out there in Qatar, but hadn't really seen as much. He seemed to, in the last couple of races, get a bit bogged down in the pack. And uh, but just absolutely second, second on the grid, and he just disappeared. It was it was brilliant by Digi. Yeah, it was a quality quality ride. And to be fair, the the battle behind them was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really was. Second place. Uh, going to, I'm really glad I'm <laughs> not disappointed at all this week. Marco Bezecchi opening the podium account for the year in that uh, second place, getting the 20 points. Yeah, he, he looked really, really solid all race. He was just there sitting behind, you know, the Raul, 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 Remy Raul, and Sam. <laughs> he was just sitting there behind him, and he was just showing that pace, and then he started to make his way through. And then once he got to that second place, he, he didn't look, really look back, did he? No, not at all. Uh, again, it, it was a good pace. Obviously, by that point, not able to match the pace of Digi. Um, 1.7 seconds gap uh, over the line. Sam Lowe's rounding out the podium in third. I, I would say... It wasn't the easiest weekend for Sam, certainly. Crashing a couple of times in practice and, and warm-ups. And he did manage to qualify fifth, but just not matching that top, top pace this weekend. No, it was a... a something didn't look... He wasn't his usual dominant self. I think it was... But it was certainly a damage limitation in third place was superb. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, to get on the podium with... You know, the people around him, he worked his way through as well, um, past the uh, fourth and fifth place finishes of the Yaki Ayo KTMs of, of Remy and Raul. And, but sort of the, the people, perhaps we didn't think about Digi, but the, the four or five riders in the, you know, second to fifth, really the people we thought would be up and around the championship this year. Yeah, definitely. That, that, to be fair with Sam at one point, we're joining. 
I think when he got past and then he was coming down the back straight, you know, that big look, long look over his shoulder. And then after that, he sort of dropped, dropped back a bit. I thought he was just like, okay, this is all I've got. I'm settling for fifth. And then he just found a resurgence. Mm, I wonder if it was tyres. I wonder Could if he been. thought, I need to save a little bit of something here. I can't push to to go with the guys that are now in front of me. But it did look a bit strange that he dropped back at that point. Yeah, because that, that looked like to be the issue that caught Raul out in the end because his, his tyre looked absolutely shot. Because once the... Once Sam passed him and pushed him that little bit wide at turn two, and then Remy snuck underneath, guy, he just dropped like a stone, didn't he? Because he, he must have known tyres are gone. Once he was dropped down to the fifth place, he knew couldn't get back and just eased off. Yeah, yeah, and you know some some good finishes uh, lower down in the top ten. Xavier Hey having a much better weekend uh, this weekend. Yeah, it's good to see him back in, in the form, really, because he did struggle a bit last season. So it's it's nice to see him getting back up there. Yeah, yeah. Seventh place, uh, Ayagura, another really strong finish. Um, we were sort of talking about who we were going to pick for our rides in star, but Ayagura, you know, Ralph Fernandez has really snatched those headlines, hasn't he, as the, the rookie in the class. But I really settling in quite well. Yes, he's definitely been the second best rookie so far. He he showed good pace at the second Qatar race, and then again he was up there at Portimao before he had that incident with his teammate, and then again to, on Sunday coming in seventh place. It's another really good result. Well, certainly when he min- managed to uh, pull some fantastic moves and beat last time out someone who was really strong on the last race, Joe Roberts finishing uh, in eighth behind I. Yeah, and obviously in ninth place we had Aaron Cannett as well, who we both had high aspirations for coming into this weekend. Yeah, and you know ninth place with Aaron Cannett, the first of the non-Calixes. We said that Bosco Scuro chassis looked better than you know the previous speed-up uh, incarnation of it, but just didn't seem to work all weekend. He was another one who was running off and you know off track quite a lot early in the weekend. Yeah, it's just so it's just one of those things, isn't it? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's 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 strange considering how well it worked here last year. Obviously, slight tweaks they've obviously made help yeah. it in one place and not in the other. Yeah, they've got it to work where it didn't before, but <laughs> not where it did previously <laughs> anymore. Uh, tenth, of course, it's Marcel Schrotter. <laughs> so this week's uh, episode of Keeping Up with Schrotter. Um, the Schrotter line set at 10th. <laughs> <laughs> As it usually is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some people down there um, below that line, Jorge Navarro, the next Boscoscuro in uh, 12th. And good to see a point scoring finish for Lorenzo Baldazzari on the NBA Augusta, finishing in 14th. Yeah, I, th- I think that is his first points of the, the year. And I, th- I think it would be the first points for the MV. So it, it's nice to see another. Chassis manufacturer getting up there into the points. Yeah, yeah, and uh, talking of sort of people who d- who didn't make it into the points or, and didn't finish the race, um, Cameron Bobier, oh, so unlucky! Oh. The <laughs> last lap, he was he was battling well. Um, definitely a point scoring finish for him, and just sliding off, and he looked distraught. Yeah, he did. It's so tough to crash on the final lap, but I think. I think there was only like four or five corners to go from where he crashed as well. So I didn't, I didn't see the incident, so I don't know if he fell or if he was pushed. No, but, just just slid out. I think. No, just slid out. It's, it's, it is gut-wrenching when that happens. And also, I just want to give a little shout-out to Siren on the NTS coming in 17th. Yeah, yeah, a good thing. Closer to the points. Um, still four seconds behind the next person. Uh, up there, but you know, he, he finished in front of my pick to get on the podium. Uh, Celestino Vietti, who was down in 18th, I and mean, Thomas Luthi as well, who's a quality rider, yeah, yeah, the veteran of the class. Um, I think my Vietti pick was you know, uh, your Boban Schneider <laughs> equivalent from the week before, yeah, uh, uh, maybe. More sensible picks next time out. Um, so does that um, mean you're not having Siren? For the next race at Le Mans. You know, well, you know, Le Mans always wet. Who knows? <laughs> He's the there? fish. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, unfortunately, uh, Jake Dixon didn't start the race uh, this weekend uh, with concussion protocol after a crash in practice. It's glad to see um, that they are taking concussions more seriously. There's still a lot of work to do on that side of things in terms of checking out riders properly and making sure they are fit to ride. But it's, it is a very serious thing that I, maybe in the past wasn't too looked upon. Yeah, yeah, we, we've heard stories about riders going out there definitely concussed uh, before, and it doesn't really bear thinking about. Like we said, especially in MotoGP, two hundred miles an hour, you don't want to be not having your wits about you at all. Yeah, and it's long long term health as well. It's very important because obviously we know you break bones and stuff, but the brain is a slightly different thing. Yeah, yeah, talking about. Breaking bones. How lucky was uh, Chantra not to break anything with that so quick crash? I was. I wasn't sure if he did. I haven't seen anything. But I saw the crash, and I haven't got my little notes here saying he looks injured because he was really holding his. I think it was his shoulder. It yeah. looked like a collarbone sort of thing or a wrist. Well, I haven't heard anything. Normally, we would have heard anything. I'm assuming, but that was another really quick one. We yeah, saw quite was... a few of them this weekend, but whew, really, really fast. Yeah, and uh, that that again, you look at the championship now for this class. Uh, Remy Gardner still sits atop the championship, sixty nine points. Sam, a good recovery, like we said, damage limitation. Um, he takes second in the championship now, sixty six points, just three behind, and three behind him, third is Raúl Fernández. So the top three, absolutely nothing in it at the moment. Yeah, and your boy Bez ain't too far back either. No, fourth for Bezeki, 56 points now, and uh, Digi remaining in fifth as well, but boosting that to 52 points now. So really, the top five, it's all to play for. Definitely. I think um, the likes of Roberts and Canet down in sixth and seventh are maybe a bit too far adrift. Yeah, the, I mean, we say it's a long season, you don't know what's going to happen, but they're going to have to put in some consistent top five finishes, I'd say, to to bridge the gap to... The people we perhaps, like we said, saw being the championship contenders this year. Definitely. Talking of people, we uh, were not sure of of being championship contenders. We'll move on to the MotoGP race, shall we? <laughs> yes. Uh, I loved this race for so many reasons. It was another absolute heresy classic MotoGP race uh, for so many reasons um, but I, I, I want to touch on this first of all how good Jack Miller gets his first win in the dry and what I loved about it was you could see just how much it meant to the guy yeah it meant the absolute world and Will is a very very likeable person Jack so I think everyone wanted him to do good and it's it was great to see him achieve that win in the draw and it he really showed how much it meant to him. Yeah, it it was unbelievable to see everyone in the paddock. You know how how popular a guy is. He came down the pit lane and there was everyone that like the Mark VDS team that he'd ridden for before, you know, the Lowe's brothers were there. Akiayo came out, you know, he rode for that team in Moto three. But you know, the whole paddock celebrated with Jack. It was wonderful. Yeah, it's he's certainly a fan favourite and paddock favourite, so it's always great to see him do well and his team he obviously gets on well with Bagnar as well because you saw that with the way they were celebrating together. Yeah, of course, yeah. Pecco uh, finishing second. Um, I thought he was going to catch Jack at one point. <laughs> it didn't look that way, but who would have thought a Ducati won to at a rest? Well, I know. And the last Ducati win at Hereth was Loris Caparossi 15 years ago, 2006. <laughs> it's but, been a long time coming for them. Yeah, and it's... Uh, a super, super moment uh, for them. They they did do well all weekend, generally. Third and fourth on the grid. But you thought, perhaps, that uh, the Yamaha of Fabio Quattararo was going to run away with it, with the pace he had shown. And Frankie Morbidelli on uh, uh, the 2019 Yamaha uh, was the only one who could really match him throughout qualifying. 
But of course, Fabio, what a strange race. Finishing down there in 13th in the end. Yeah, you got to feel for him. He looked in so much pain. As we know, arm pumps can be really bad because he said he had no feeling of throttle or brake. <laughs> and that's well, a, yeah, quite important. Bit. Yeah. They, you know, they thought he had a brake issue. He could not stop that bike. And really, to finish still in the points is a, a, a superhuman effort, really. Yeah, and he's already undergone that arm pump surgery. And he's it's gone successfully. He's now recovering for the... Le Mans Grand Prix, which is his of home. Course. Yeah, his home Grand Prix. Him and Johan Zarco, they'll be uh, looking for good results there. Yeah, but it's such a shame that that cost him. And like you said, um, at the end of the race, when he crossed the line, the pain etched on his face. And when he got back to the garage, um, it was interesting. I don't know whether you saw on social media the, the conversation he had uh, with Rossi that was caught on camera where he said um, he he had no no feeling of it at all through practice. It was completely out of the blue. No, I, I didn't see that, but it is one of those things, isn't it? Because I think he he didn't, obviously didn't have it last year. He hasn't had it so far this season, but Areth is one of those tracks, like Miller said, he's arm pump. He really struggled at Areth around the triple right. And that's, mm. he was like, once I get to her, I'll know if the surgery went successful. And I think it's fair to say it did for Jack Miller. <laughs> yeah, seems to have, uh, seems to have worked for him. Um, yeah, such a shame for, for Fabio. But uh, hopefully coming back stronger, ready for his, his home GP next time out at, uh, at Le Mans. Um, another person who's um, said that they are going to have arm pump surgery is Alicia Spargaro, who's going to have it after the French Grand Prix. It's probably just gripping onto the handlebars a bit too tight. You know what Alicia's like. <laughs> well, he's hanging on to uh, that that a uh, uh, Aprilia that is doing the the business this year. So it's a sixth place finish for Alicia again this weekend. He's the the Aprilia is looking like an A race bike, which is yeah. great to see. Well, certainly. It, I mean, last year it was, you know, the development of ktm and the emergence of ktm and this year we're seeing something similar for aprilia definitely the changes they've made over the winter are really paying off and it's it's he's looking good the bike's looking good yeah absolutely um things that we didn't expect to see already uh, a, a really strong finish uh, from a leash and at the beginning of the race looking very very strong being up there in that top group just dropping off as the race sort of went on and maybe that was down to a little bit of arm pump it could have been yes that's a really good point actually yeah i think so yeah and rounding out the podium someone who has been very vocal about their dislike of their motorbike uh in recent rounds frankie morbidelli good to see him back up there on the podium then yeah, great to see him up there. He rode a fantastic rate. Like he said in Park Firma, this is like a win for him. Cause that was, he said, I was on, on the limit the entire rate. It was the perfect race. Yeah, he was quick all weekend on sort of the one lap pace, um, but having to go through uh, qualifying two to get there, but getting second on the grid in the end, it was, um, yeah, very well-deserved podium. Good to see him back up there. Good to see him getting some points towards the uh, championship prediction of myself. <laughs> um, I, I'm not so hopeful for that one at the moment. <laughs> um, but good to see him getting those results anyway, because such a nice guy and such uh, an articulate guy to speak so well in English as a second language. Him and Pecco, actually. Yeah, both of them are... Must be incredibly smart people. And then in fourth, you've got Nakagami. He was, again, a great weekend for him. It's just when will he actually get that podium he deserves? Oh, I know. He must be thinking, what do I have to do? But again, he's being Mr. Honda. He's flying yeah. the flag. It's the, it's the same as last year. It's good that he's on this year's bike. Um, you know, and he, he's just getting... Um, what he deserves in terms of results, but it would be so good, like you say, just to see him finally break through onto that podium finish. Because 
it's just that hurdle. Once he does it, then he knows he can do it. I think he'll be much better for it. It's just getting that done in the first place. Mm. But it's interesting, isn't it, that he was Mr. Honda last year. He was uh, the the top finishing Honda in the championship. He had a really strong year. And the Hondas suiting him the most. I mean, the the next Hondas, so Mark Marquez finishing down there in ninth, but he had a battering all weekend. <laughs> yeah. Two very quick. I mean, the first one when he stepped off that bike in there in FB3, I thought, he's done. That's it. He's going home. <laughs> yeah, it was huge. I, I never, I, I was out for free practice through, but when I had a look at my phone, like, I don't, you just saw like, the image that there was like, putting around on the social media and the bike was just bent at right angle in the barrier and him just sitting next to it. You're like, wow, what, what has happened there? Yeah, and then Paul Espargaro having an identical crash in FP4. Yeah. Um, and he finished 10th in the race. So the, the two factory Repsol Hondas, um, 9th and, and 10th. And it it's just a bit strange, isn't it, seeing them down there? But, yeah, it uh, is... Um... I think Tacker's made a switch on the chassis going back to more the 2019 feel. So that, okay. could, that could be something that um, Honda as a whole might look into. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they need to find something for the rest of the riders, really. I mean, Alex Marquez crashing on lap one, another really bad weekend for him. Yeah. Um, not the start to his, his second year in the championship. That he oh, I'm glad he, I'm glad he's okay from that crash because he, he looked really hurt. It looked a, looked a collarbone injury. Yeah, he was definitely holding that shoulder, wasn't it? And the arm sort of hanging down, not yeah. what you want to see. Um, yeah, so glad he's, he's okay. Um, joined sort of uh, someone else we had high hopes for for the race, joined in the gravel trap. Brad Binder, of course, sliding off as well. Yeah, sliding off at multiple occasions. Not the first time he's done that. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes that two, <laughs> two crashes for Brad. I mean, you got to love a trier. <laughs> yeah, he's certainly not scared to throw it at the scene, though. <laughs> no, no. And uh, obviously wanting a, a strong result. And uh, as I, it turns out, correctly remembered after his uh, first win in the Moto3 at Hereth from the back of the grid. Uh, no <laughs> such luck this time, though, for Brad. No, and another one who's had another crash, Alex Rins, on the third lap down at turn six. Yeah, just sliding off. It was a bit of a strange one, wasn't it? It just yeah, went a bit wide and yeah. just sort of fell off the bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of made it halfway around the corner and then the front just folded. It was so strange. It's, mate, I don't know, it's like, I don't know, the only thing I can think of is he was still trailing onto the brake. Yeah, very strange one, and uh, riding round to finish. But it does mean once again that Lorenzo Salvadori did not finish last in the race. Only just though by point three of a second beating Rins. <laughs> <laughs> we will take what we can get on that front. I think. <laughs> uh, going back up to the the top end, uh, Johan Mir on the Suzuki, Alex Rins' teammate, of course. Um, saying what points he wanted to get and just bag what he could from the weekend. Fifth position from 10th on the grid. I don't think that's a terrible weekend. No, it's certainly nothing to complain about. And it's doing his championship title, uh, again, a world of good as it did last year. Just getting them points and just steadily, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, and you know he moved up a spot in the, in the championship to fourth on 49 points, uh, just leaping over Zarco by one point, who now drops down to fifth. And just think that that drop for Zarco, um, you know, when two rounds ago he was leading the championship down there in 48 um, and finishing eighth in the race, Zarco just didn't seem to have the pace this weekend. No, it was, it was just, again, one of those performances that sometimes you just have a bad weekend. It just never seemed on it at any point, really. Yeah, strange one with the, obviously the two factory Ducatis um, getting a, a very strong weekend in general, and of course that one-two in the race, which is fantastic. But the Pramac boys just not clicking for them. Well, the standing rider uh, of Tito Rabat uh, finishing 18th, but of course we he, we know he's standing in for the the. Very injured Jorge Martin. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was it? He had seven, seven Bro- broken. broken bones 
mended in one long operation. Yeah. Just, oh my gosh, he's going to be like uh, the Million Dollar Man when he comes back. <laughs> yeah, he's hoping to be back for Magella. Yeah, yeah, certainly doesn't want to rush that after that uh, horrendous crash at Portimao. Um, but Tito, he finished the race, he did what they wanted him to do and he, he took part in the test on the Monday. So the bike was out there, the sponsors all be happy. Yeah, he had a weird crash in practice and he's like with his leather lock ripped open at the front. Did you see that? I hadn't seen that one, no. He crashed at the final corner and when he was sat in the gravel, like his leather like unzipped, it's like the airbag had ripped the zip off like he hadn't done it up properly and when it went off, it all his leather at the front was just wide open and his chest plate was like half out. Just blown it open. Yeah. <laughs> well, glad he was alright. Of course, he's been out there uh, testing his world superbike um, today, I believe, out there in Spain. Uh, yep. So uh, glad to hear that Tito's all right. He's had a busy week. Yes, very. <laughs> um, going back up to the, the top of the, the finishes, seventh place, another sort of nothing weekend for Maverick Vinales. Yeah, it's, it's the story of his MotoGP career on the Yamaha, really, isn't it? And like Neil Hodgson said in the... Um, in the BT sport coverage. But I can't see him there next year on the factory bike. Well, no, you'd hope he'd be replaced by Frankie Morbidelli at this point. He's got to be. And I know he's got a contract, but you've seen people get out of contracts and teams get out of contracts or move but people he... around within manufacturers. But yeah, you, you can't have what he's been doing for the last, was it five seasons, four seasons mm. now? It's just, it's just, no, you can't have it as a factory Yamaha team. Well, if you look at the Yamaha situation, right, Rossi, again, on a track that we had high hopes for, finishing down in 17th, is Rossi going to be around next year? No. So we say probably not at this I can't point. See it. So that opens up a factory space in the Petronas team. You say, you know, Vinales is on a Yamaha contract. He takes that spot in the Petronas team. Frankie Morbidelli moves up. And then you've still got a spot for someone aspiring to come up from perhaps one of the other classes. Yes. You have, you've got, oh, who would you think it's going to be, though, if it was someone? Well, if you look at the top of the, the Moto2 championship at the minute, you'd think that uh, Remy Gardner and Ralph Fernandez. Uh, had to be shoe-ins for a KTM ride. When you look at, uh, especially the Tectoir team, which are Ico Lacona and, and Daniela Petrucci doing nothing much at the minute. Yeah, I, I could, that's, that's a, I'd see them two switching around completely, like having both the Red Bull boys going up to Tectoir. So I can't see ne- Lowe's going. No, I was going to say Bezeki. maybe Bezeki with the connections. I, I, I'd say 100% Bezeki. Yeah, with the VR46 connections. I mean, we know we're only at the beginning of the year and, you know, let's start silly season early and re- rejig the entire <laughs> grid. But it's uh, it's an interesting one to look into, isn't it? The, the yeah. Maverick, again, you know, he, he qualified seventh and he finished seventh. And it was, yeah. you know, it was nothing. The the guy he passed, I think, was his teammate going backwards. Yeah, and you got, and also talking of contracts, Jack Miller actually doesn't have a contract for 2022 yet. Oh, well, they better sign him up soon. I think Ducati. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're saying this, but a week ago, <laughs> we didn't give the guy as much credit, did we? Really, we mm. we we were saying how it hadn't gone well, and we hoped the arm pump, and now we're jumping to Ducati sign him up. <laughs> but if he continues this way, then they'd be silly not to keep both of the factory guys. Yeah, they're, uh, they're both relatively young as well, so they're certainly setting themselves up for a good future if they fulfil what they're showing this weekend. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, as we go down the order, the, the, the next K- the next manufacturer, KTM, Miguel Oliveira, 11th. Um, again, the, the KTMs, the next two, as we said, Petrucci and... Uh, Aquona finishing in the points though this time fourteenth and fifteenth. Um, Stefan Bradl on the on the uh, testing Honda. He had a decent race actually. Stefan looked quite quick. Yeah, he did. After it was a good weekend. Running a groove into the track in testing, <laughs> you'd you'd think so. Twelfth. 
Um, but talking of sort of up and coming Ducati riders, Luca Marini, 16th, um, his team at Enea Bastianini sliding off. So those two suffering a little bit this weekend. Yeah, just and uh, again, that turn to just losing the front. Such an easy place to do it. It's 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 never been a like an a Ducati type of tracker. So Well till now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, they're on the older models, aren't they? The twenty nineteen bikes for both of them. Um yeah. and we know that the older bikes certainly didn't suit the track and perhaps seeing that this weekend for those two. Yeah. A little bit of a feather in the cap though, Luca Marini beating his brother. <laughs> oh, who would have thought that? Yeah, certainly not. But a fantastic uh, weekend overall of, of racing and uh, Viva Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Viva Miller. So we'll have a, a little look at our predictions. Obviously, um, sort of a bit all over the place this weekend uh, with the uh, extraordinary finish to the Moto3. Um, I picked Jaume Messier, obviously he ended up on the deck, uh, along with your uh, pick for the win, John McPhee, perhaps not opposite ends of the race. Yeah, uh, I had Mino second, didn't quite make it up there on the podium in the Moto3. De- your second place, Darren Binder, <laughs> again, another victim of the last corner shenanigans of Dennis Onchu. But we both did pick Pedro Acosta to be on the podium third, but he did win, but we get a point each for that one. So, one all at the moment, James. Uh, Moto 2. I had Aaron Cannett for the win. Uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, you had Sam Lowe's for the win. He did make it onto the podium, so that's a point for you. Uh, I had Sam Lowe's second. He finished third, so a point for me. Um, you had Cannett second. Obviously, we talked about that one already. Uh, third, I hung some onions out there and they did not come through. Celestino <laughs> Vietti, uh, the lesser said about that one, the better. And you had Ralph Fernandez third, obviously just missing out on the podium there. Um, so that's uh, two points each uh, going into the MotoGP predictions. So I picked Pekka Banyaya to win. He came second. That's a point for me. You picked Fabio to win. Uh, no, not on the podium. Obviously, that arm pump uh, causing issues for him. I had him second as well, so no points from there. I had Rins, uh, unfortunately, as we said, that weird crash sliding off, so no points from third. And you had Joe and Mia, and not quite making it up there, as we said, finishing in fifth. But you did, in second place, correctly pick Peko Banyaya. And I am so upset <laughs> Because once again... You've pipped me by one point. <laughs> <laughs> That's at least with these predictions. We've been very close every week in terms of our battle. <laughs> yeah. So once again, you take a two-point lead. So I'm now on 22 overall points uh, and you are on 24. So another uh, sandwich for you uh, <laughs> that uh, when we manage to get to a BSB meeting later on in the year, you can have a, a sausage sandwich for your breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> uh, we'll move on now to this week's rising star. Uh, we have talked about him um, as a rising prospect within the Moto2 this year. And we're going to uh, touch on this week's rising star, Ayagura. Yeah, he's... He certainly took the Moto2 by storm. If, especially if you, if you take Raul out of the equation, he'd certainly be the standout rookie of the class. Absolutely. He's just started to sort of pick up the pace, hasn't he? He's, he's sitting there 20 points, 10th in the championship. So he's above the Schrotter line. Um, he's, he's made a really good start to the year this year. Yeah, and it, it's great to see because he was strong last year, obviously, out there contending for the title. It obviously didn't quite get there in the end, but it's, it's really good to see how quick he's adapted to the Moto2 bike, especially when you compare it to like, the other title challengers, as in your Albert Arrhenus and um, Tony Arbolino. Yeah, who they talked about Tony Arbolino a bit this weekend and saying that 
it's hard for the Dynavolt team to to sit there and be patient when he's obviously not clicking with the bike. And especially when you see, like we said, Ralph Fernandez is perhaps the exception to the rule. Um, but I, you know, he, he 17th in the first race, didn't score any points in the first race at Qatar. But uh, built on that, so fifth the uh, the weekend after, and on the same track, of course, but the Doha Grand Prix, was looking strong um, in Portugal until taken out by the by his teammate um, who was involved in that uh, scuffle with uh, Cameron Bobier. I, I, I think it was actually the other way. I think um, was it? Yeah, I, I think it was Chantra took down. No, I think I I think it was I and Bobier was a bit together. Then Agura took out Chantra. Ah, uh, okay. Well, either way, looking strong <laughs> until um, an incident with an American, <laughs> and then a seventh place finish. So he he's putting together, looking fairly consistent, um, and looking back sort of through his career, he's sort of been there or thereabouts, but a, a pretty consistent rider. Looking back to sort of twenty seventeen. Um, when he was in the Red Bull Rookies Cup, uh, but also competing in the CEV Championship. He managed to finish fifth in the Red Bull Rookies that year, and he, he missed four races. He didn't even compete in four. Yeah, certainly a good return. He picked up a couple wins, a couple more podiums on top of that, so showed, showed some good promise. Yeah, definitely. And, and finishing eighth as we in the uh, CEV, as we said, he competed in that at the same time. The next year, uh, again, fifth but in the CV championship where he he took part um, and had a couple of wild cards in the Moto3 that year with the Asia talent team. Um, again, picking up uh, one win and uh, four of the podiums in that CV championship. And we know what that's like. You think Moto3 is crazy. <laughs> Should go and watch the, uh, the CV. Um, but his first time out in the Moto3 class as a wild card in Spain uh, a point scoring finish. Yeah, he, he looks like he's. To be fair, he, he tends to go quite well at Spain, especially at her wreck. When you look at him from the start, like in his first year in well, t- twenty seventeen, when we was looking at, he got a second and a fourth in the Red Bull Rookies. Then in the CEV, he won one of the races there. Then the next year in twenty eighteen, he got a second place there. As well as going in the points, and he's all, he's always tends to do quite well at Jerez. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and uh, finishing second there in the Moto Three Championship last year. Yeah, it's it's like it's, like you said, just he's a certainly a good rider, and it shows the rider quality. I think when you get to Jerez, because it's such a everyone's good at Jerez. Yeah, like we said. Um, Everybody seems to be quick at Hereth, don't they? And he he was so sort of he he's got a consistency about him. He's yet to to crack, you know, the real top end um of a championship. Last year finishing third um in the Moto three, but would you have said he was a real championship contender? He sort of At the first half you definitely would have said, but it's, I don't want to say you bottled it, it's just He's well, just... it did. It sort of went away from him, didn't it? Yeah, he started off the year two podiums, a third and a second, um, retired from the second race uh, in Spain. But he he had a run of good form where it was third, fourth, third, second, third. But then we had an eleventh, a ninth, a fourteenth, a ninth. He did manage to get um, a third place towards the end of the year at uh, Valencia. Uh, but rounding out with two eighth places. So, like you say, a strong start, but it sort of went away from him at the end. Mm. Could it? Could it have been the pressure a bit like uh, maybe a bit like how it affected Fabio in the GP? I mean, it could have been, um, but I just think Moto Three is such a mixed bag that we say anything can happen in Moto Three all the time, <laughs> don't we? Um, yeah. But it's. Um, an interesting one. He's shown flashes beforehand, hasn't he? The year before, in 2019, his first full year uh, in the Moto3 Championship, he was sort of around the top 10 most of the time, a couple of outliers, but he was building consistency from that point. So if you look at it, he finished 10th 
uh, in that championship that year. So if you look at the Moto2 and the way he's started off uh, this year, you could think that next year when he's found the bike a bit more, we could see him further towards the top end. Certainly. Can he break that GP duck as well? Because he's still yet to actually win a race in the in like the Grand Prix. Yeah, since coming up from the CEV, he hasn't won a race, no. Second, thirds, I don't know if we'll, we'll see it this year, to be honest. No, I'm not feeling this year, but certainly next year could be really in for a run-in. Yeah, but um, like we said, comparing to, to some of the other Moto3 rookies coming up, as you say, Albert Arenas and um, uh, Tony Arbolino, He's certainly one to watch as, well, to use the the title of this section, a rising star. Yes, certainly. Actually, I didn't expect him to adapt this quick to the Moto2 bike. So it's certainly a bright future for him. And it's really good for Japan to have another, because there have been so many good riders in the past. So it's nice to see another one coming up through the ranks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just uh, looking back to see how he had done uh, in France in the past. But he's had a, a retirement and a ninth place, so maybe we'll uh, we'll see how he gets on there next time out. Of course, um, no MotoGP this weekend, um, but we'll be back with our predictions before the uh, Le Mans Grand Prix next week. Um, so a brilliant uh, person to keep an eye on there, our rising star, um, of course, supported by Beyond Motorsport, the only organisation offering career transition support for the motorsport community. So that's it for this week's episode of From the Gravel Track Podcast. As I say, we'll be back next week uh, with our predictions for the Le Mans Grand Prix. Um, we'll need a weekend to recover from that fantastic <laughs> race in Hereth anyway. Um, and then we look towards uh, the start of the World Superbike Championship as well. So a lot on our plate but we'll get that coverage to you. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Facebook. Our Twitter is at FTGT Podcast, and our Facebook is from the Gravel, po- from the Gravel Trap Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>